When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, happy Monday, everybody. It is June 5th, Caravan Central Wisdom Hour, number... New Jersey. What's wet up? and rainy again, week two. Dude, it, it's been wet and rainy here every night since I last spoke to you, too. Yeah, it's been it's been a real rainy month. It's been rainy like four months, actually. <laughs> and this podcast starts with a weather report. with it um it's you know because a part of my working is sort of outdoors it's sort of half outdoors half indoors and it's, when it's pouring rain all the time it really affects what's going on with us indoors oh, uh, yeah. listen live uh so we're live here on the cover band central page now over seventy-six thousand people we got seventy-six thousand one hundred and fourteen right at this moment wow live now just let people know we're live and they can come in and comment or ask questions or whatever they want to do. Insults, we take them. Just the whole 72,000 call at once. Right. Uh, so how was your week? It's great, man. How was yours? Uh, it was good. It was, uh, I guess it was great. I'll say it was great too. Why not? I played a lot and, uh, and, uh, had some fun, had some, uh, event uh had some i'm reading the word event and i'm going to say events but that's not what we had but we had a uh, it's an eventful eventful happenings uh share, i'm trying to share this in the group uh, see i try to multitask dude and i'm like talk and do something completely different on the computer You're at the same time occult <laughs> <laughs> um last night dude last night was so much fun we played at the swamp last night and it was it didn't start out rainy last night and then during the course of the night, it started raining. So we had people in the room and they stayed. Um, but the, the most entertaining uh, people in the room, we had this group of guys. They were a bachelor party from New Jersey. And there were about 10 or 12 of them. And they were just out of their minds, man. They, they brought a, a funnel, a beer funnel to the bar, nice. which I don't see anybody do there. And they were just rocking that thing out. They were doing this like kick sort of dance. It was just odd. Um, but they were just cracking us up and cracking each other up and they were tipping us really well. And they got up a couple times, um, on stage and sang with us. Um, we did crocodile rock in a, in a four piece band. We did crocodile, no keyboards or anything. And we, none of us ever played it before. And this guy was just like crocodile rock. I could sing it. I got this mastered. So he, <laughs> <laughs> so he throws like $20 in the tip jar and comes on stage. And my, the guitar player, bless him. Uh, Austin Seacard is, uh, just a brilliant musician. And he didn't know it either, but he just 
quickly figured out what key it was in and he's like it's you know it's uh it's this uh chord progression i'm like okay i got it and the drummer just fell right in and we did it and the guy was singing and it was just hilarious um <laughs> and it's fun did like that other, did he know it uh, what's that did he know it oh yeah he did he was really <laughs> i mean not a great singer but he was uh he was he was good enough he knew the words and uh and uh yeah there you go and he was fully alcoholed up so it was good oh yeah those guys just they were so funny because they were just <laughs> buying beer after before nine o'clock at the the swamp it's three for one drinks um so you pay for one beer you get three of them so they were just all like all of them had a handful of beers and they just kept pouring them in the funnel they were giving them to people in the in the audience you know uh other people that were hanging out they're just like do a funnel they started doing the limbo thing they were, they were just hilarious man and they stayed the entire night um we did five sets and uh so that was like four four hours plus of us playing that they were there and uh yeah, good times, man. That was fun. <laughs> that is, that's excellent. We ended up being one of the last bands in that area of the street to be playing last night, which is always a good thing uh, for us to do. So um, my other computer just all of a sudden decided it wanted to restart itself. So I can't look at... Uh, I was just sharing it on the group, in the group, and... Uh, on the page, but I can't uh, see any if there's any comments or anything right now. So it's on step two of seventy four update. <sighs> no, it's just restarting, restarting. Um, but anyway, um, so that was uh, that. I that's the most recent gig that was last night. So that was kind of a highlight now for me for the week because I uh, it just happened. Uh, we had a, a sub drummer on Saturday again, because um, uh, Jason likes to take days off without telling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, guy's a real good drummer, um, and he's got a lot of chops, and he likes to uh, showcase those chops in places that necessarily wouldn't have. Things like that going on in the song. He was cool. We hung out though. I liked him. Who? Jason. Oh, I'm not talking about Jason. I'm talking about the sub. The sub came in and and sub for Jason. Yes. Oh, so he was trying to. He, he do more than he should have. Yeah, do do. He was trying to be a little bit more artistic and improvisational with certain parts of songs. And uh, bombastic, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Bombastically yes. bombing. Uh, but he's very good. Uh, drummer's a super nice guy. And he's played with us before. So uh, so that was kind of cool. Um, so, Bombast yeah. Drums can be fun sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. Configuring update for Windows 10. Thank you for just doing it without even... <laughs> I told you, man. It's uh, like step two of 72. It's at 16. Four and a half hours. 17% <laughs> complete. Do not turn off your computer. Do not. Don't do that. Uh, Definitely not. <laughs> I'm glad it was at least the one, not the one where we're doing the show here, and it was the other one where I was trying to look at the internet. But uh, any, anyway. Oh, I can look on my phone. I have my phone here, too. So you had the bombastic drummer on Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Um, 
I'm telling you, man, and we've talked about it before, but the 90s songs now are just, that's what's working. That's what's kicking. Um, really? The, 90s? Yeah, 90s hits? the 90s rock stuff. Stone Temple Pilots. Um, we, we're doing Like a Stone, which is 2000s. But, um, and, uh, you know, Blink-182, The Killers, which is more like 2000s. Um, uh, Green Day... All that stuff that that's what they want. People are requesting Chili Peppers and and things like that. So uh, it's cool. Jane's Addiction. Uh, that would be cool. We should really do at least been caught stealing. If somebody can sing it, that's a tough one to sing. Um, but uh, I have the set. You know, I have my song list from early two thousands where we were. I was playing in a band called Mad Rabbit, and we were doing. The current music at the time which was 90s music and early 2000s music so a lot of those songs that we were doing back then are now working better than the more classic rock stuff in new orleans and it, that's a switch that's a, a relatively new thing here uh for that to be the case um mm. so but it's cool i like it it's exciting i like a lot of these songs um, playing them, I haven't played them in a long time, and it's fresh and it's new. We have a you know a new, uh, relatively new singer in both bands, uh, same guy, and uh, he's doing a great job and and bringing in new songs. So uh, that's really refreshing for me here. So that's another uh, highlight of my last week. That's always cool. Get to play some different new material. Yes. All right. The share worked, and Kel is listening, and he said, "What's up, guys?" Question mark. What's up, Cal? What's up, Cal? Cal is our uh, diehard listener, our one out of 76,000. Yeah. 35% complete on my update. As Cal, he can start making like 65,000 phone calls to remind people to start checking in. Yeah. Well, people are listening to the replay more than they're listening live, so it's all good. It's nice to give people the option uh, to listen live and to participate if they would like to. And... Um, Indeed. Speaking of participating, uh, last week we talked about this guy's band, uh, Dan Ray. He wanted to be sort of a case study um, for uh, a startup band and um, wanted us to uh, comment on it and uh, and kind of follow his journey and try to give him some pointers and tips. Um, so he, he uh, wrote us back and mentioned uh, that he liked uh, the tips we gave. And he, he provided us a link to his Facebook page, which uh, I'll put a link in with the uh, with the podcast when we're done so people can go check it out, the Clanky Lincolns. And he's got a video clip on there of uh, one song being performed and, and then a couple of audio demos, too, and then like a behind-the-scenes at the rehearsal interview type of thing on there. And uh, it's cool. Uh, I really just got to check it out a little bit, uh, a little while ago, like half hour, 45 minutes ago. Uh, to prepare for this, and um, and you just heard it too, yes? Oh yeah. So um, my initial feelings were um, th the first one I watched was the rehearsal uh, of a performing song called Royals, which was a hit by Lord a couple of years ago, and um, they're doing it with instruments, with guitars and stuff that uh, aren't in the original track. Um, so I like that for. Uh, for a club atmosphere type of thing. I like having that arrangement. I think it's good. Um, and it's being sung by a guy. 
Um, my initial feeling on the performance itself, it seemed um, it seemed like the band was a little bit nervous, particularly the vocalist, and um, some some of the tuning was a little off. Um, so that might have just been nerves filming it and stuff. So you get used to that. And I think you know you're in a practice room, you have a different amount of uh, adrenaline behind you than you do when you're in a in a performance situation. Wouldn't you agree? It's also like you said becoming comfortable you know to to, to let your true uh essence come through you know and i would agree with you in as much as i i like the fact that they made their song their own by you know taking the arrangement and adding the parts to it and making it into their own uh tribute to it and i would say just uh to your point to, to also play it with more conviction you know and, and put a little bit of put some effects on the vocals uh, and like you said to pay attention to some of the tuning and volumes of the instruments but it, it's hard on a video clip like that to get a good representation of um, the balance of everything but uh, you know right. it's solid it's just it's like you said confidence comes through so just you know have fun with it and let your personality come through you know pretend like no one's around and then you're not recording yourself you know and the more like you said you play you get more comfortable and uh, and just keep practicing the songs the way you want to do them and, and make them sound the best you can make them sound. Right. I, I, and I think the more you film yourself and watch it back or, or record yourself and listen back, the more comfortable you'll get with that, especially the filming part, because I, they, it looks like they did a Facebook Live thing too, um, or it, maybe it was a recorded video, but they did just a brief sort of interview in the rehearsal room with the band. And um, I don't think you got to see that, but it's only about a minute long. Uh, but they seem, you know, new at it. And that's fine, you know, because it really is new for a lot of people to approach things that way. But uh, Dan in particular just seemed very a lot more comfortable uh, in front of the camera and talking to the camera. Um, so, and, you know, it's just a, a learning process. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. So just keep doing things like that. Things like that are very good for your promotion. There was There was like 15 likes or something on that post, which isn't maybe a lot. Uh, to some people, but that's a start, um, and it's better than nothing. It's better than people just ignoring it. Right, uh, it's 15 more than zero. Yeah, so, you know, keep doing stuff like that, get more comfortable with it, um, and just be natural, be yourselves. Um, it, it seems like this band has a really good sense of humor, and I think that's going to help um, them big time in uh, in their performance part of it. Because, you know, I think there's some tuning issues, too, in the recordings of the the other songs, the audio songs, there seemed like some, um, even some guitar tuning issues. Um, but it might have been just the way I heard it. Um, you know, I listened to it quickly, but uh, it, that was my first impression. Um, but hey, not, not to cut you off, but good point that, it, you know, there's some of the rudimentary, right? Like the first thing to check is to go back and, and listen to that, you know, record yourselves, listen to it, and to check your tuning regularly, you know? in between songs and, and make sure that everyone's in tune. Um, you know, something's not going out of tune while you're playing. Right. Which happens all the time. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, you know, that's definitely stuff you want to pay attention to and, and be objective and, um, in listening back to it. Uh, and the fact that these guys are reaching out to us to give them an objective opinion really speaks volumes for how much they want to accomplish. Because, uh, I mean, let's face it, you know, performing in a live situation in a club, a bar type of thing where people are out partying and drinking, 
you don't necessarily have to be the best singer, the best guitar player, the best drummer. You just have to be really good at entertaining the room, playing the right songs, and being fun to watch. Just creating a fun atmosphere for people to have fun. Uh, you know, God knows there's too much crap going on in this world, and people really want an escape. Um, so that's the most important aspect of everything. Not to say that you should ignore the musical part of it. Uh, you want to be as good as you can you can be, and you always want to keep improving. But but the overall package the, is is the more important aspect. Well, it's a party, right? And the band's the center of the party, so the band's got to be having fun and you know leading the charge for the party aspect of it. And you know it alleviates that separation between the band and the crowd. It can't be you're performing for the crowd, you know, and you're on stage and you're conscious of that. The, the breakthrough is to to meld into that where you you know you're you're with the crowd and you're you're there's no separation point there of being on stage or in the crowd you know it all becomes one big thing and it's you know like you said the flowing dialogue on the mic and a little bit of a shtick and you know whatever show you might have and like you said these guys seem to have a real good sense of humor so that's what's gonna be the real appeal you know the music is definitely important but you it's definitely the presence and the charisma of the guys, you know, in the band and that they're, you know, passionate and they're, they're, they're excited to be there and they're animated, you know? Yeah. And they, they seem like they have, they certainly have that potential and that, that, uh, character. Well, like we spoke so. about a bunch of episodes ago too, about videotaping yourself, you know, and mm -hmm. not only to watch it back and critique it and look at what you can do differently, but you know, the more you videotape yourself playing, the more, you know, comfortable you become doing it. Right. And then years down the road, you look back at the evolution of, you know, day one of the journey. And then you're on, you know, day a thousand of the journey, let's say, you know, and then it's like, wow, look how far we've come. Right. Yeah. It, it's great to have that record. And, and technology now makes it so easy. You know, everybody's got a smartphone and they take really good video now. So you should be taking video all the time. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. So anyway, we will keep following Dan's journey and uh, with the Clanky Lincolns. And uh, I think he said he's got a gig coming up in late July. So uh, we will certainly um, talk about that uh, as it happens, as uh, Dan provides us more stuff. And Yes, uh, leading up to the breakthrough, the yeah. first gig. Yes, that would be fun. They better get it on video. That's all i got to say. Um. So, I had a thing hey, I wanted remember to... Remember used to play clubs and you had to pay $15 to get a videotape of your band mm -hmm. performance in the evening and it was, it was a one set, you know, of what you played? Yeah, and it'd be like a from a shitty angle and... <laughs> and the... One angle and I remember the one club Escapades in Jersey City had <laughs> Yes, that. yes, that's good. had the special that's effects fun. on the video that would come, you could like, you know, you could pay, like I said, for the extra money, extra 15 bucks, you know? Yeah, and that was a big and even a audio recording. I, I there were bands where I played where I just got like a CD of the show. Like, wow. Yeah, exactly. And it was always like maybe not always, but a lot of the time it'd be a board mix. So you would get like primarily vocals, and yeah. you know everything yeah. else is mic'd, but it's not going to be mic'd as hot as the vocals. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, so you didn't get really a very good mix uh, recording. So. Yeah, Escapades actually had a pretty good mix of, of the band, you know? It oh, would yeah. be 
a really good recording and it, it was video it was only one angle you know but it was a good, like you said it was a good representation and looking back now you know i probably have a dozen of them you know and, and i remember randy rocks used to book the club that was the guys that was uh the guy's name there randy rocks r-o-x-x yep <laughs> you know it was <laughs> the 80s way of spelling there was a band oh, yeah. called rocks wasn't there r-o-x-x uh-huh yeah he was he affiliated with the band rocks I don't believe so. No, he just adopted that name because it was cool. Yep. Rocks. <laughs> Rocks. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, you know, the club scene was so different then, man. 80s. Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. It was good, time. uh, good times. For for us, I think, probably for you too, it was uh, more about originals back then. It was all originals, yeah. We had it was a great original scene. I mean, we we didn't play any covers for probably five years. We played strictly, you know, all original. That was it. Yeah, I the storm, and we we played every place. We played a little more in Brooklyn. We played, you know, uh, a number of places in the city. I can remember street level and the bank and uh, Lions Den and and always other clubs, and then numerous clubs in Jersey. There was the Cricket Club. Mm-hmm. There was Wild Mike's. There was uh, a bunch of original music venues. But Cricket Club was the biggest one, I think, that held the most people. I remember Cricket Club. Did you ever play a place in New York called Zone DK? No. No. It was, it, I played a place in Brooklyn called Live at 315. Okay. I don't know that one. And we played Lemoore, Brooklyn, and we played uh, Studio One was always another good venue. Studio One was the place in North Jersey for bands okay. back then. That was where the headliners would come through. I was in a band then. We used to open for them. Um, yeah. The, the place Zone DK, uh, it's the word zone and then the letter D and the letter K. Um, it was just this weird place in New York, somewhere in Manhattan. I don't remember exactly where it was. And I played there a few times with Little Sister. And um, it was just like this, it was almost like a haunted house when you walked in. And there were all these TVs like all over scattered about the club. And they were like, kind of a skew set up and they were all playing porn <laughs> all of zone decay it's zone decay and it was it was just a weird like it was like a vampire hangout or something and it was, I, I don't i would have never remembered that if we weren't just talking about old clubs but that was a uh, that was crazy. Did you just dress up to play there no well i mean we would dress up for the, uh, us you know for like the way we wanted to look we had a Gig attire. Gig attire, yeah, which is really not something I do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of work, man, back then. You had to buy all these clothes and get your hair teased and, yeah. Ready uh, for the gig. It's interesting how things evolve and the club scene changes. And I, I imagine it's similar all over the place because down here um, – they you know they had a similar experience with the way bands were playing in clubs and the you know people coming out and um the the uh the amount of clubs to play which is is less now but you know in in New Orleans that time of uh you know the late 80s early 90s they were doing the same thing here they had original bands covers weren't a thing so i guess it just kind of happens everywhere it evolves, I think, for sure. You know, it comes in waves, originals, and it goes back to covers, and it goes back to originals, and it goes back to covers, but hasn't been back to originals in a while. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, Manhattan, you know, every, there's all kind of great original music scene there. But I'm just saying in Jersey, as far as clubs, like how we, you know, grew up playing clubs, uh, it's not like that anymore. Yeah, and I wonder if it will be again. It does. If it will be again, it doesn't seem like it's going to be anytime soon. No, and I can remember, like, uh, you know, some of the clubs we did play that were were strictly original music places. You know, as as the the tide started to to turn, the scene changed. That a lot of those clubs start they they you know ended up having to close because some of the guys just you know they didn't want to do the cover scene. You know, they didn't want to become a cover band place if they had been an original music venue or the real estate became, you know, more valuable to be something else. And they ended up, you know, closing down the, the bar or the club or the room that they had. Right. And I mean, some people think that fewer people are coming out to see bands. And I, I wonder if it's a generation type of thing. Um you know, the younger generation doesn't do it, but I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I buy into that because even playing, I was playing in Mobile a few years ago, um, Alabama in their little downtown area. I was playing in a band there and, um, people came out and the young people, early twenties, they came out, came out to see bands. Um, so, and we were playing covers and, but they're on that street. It's sort of like a mini bourbon street there. Um, they had both original bands and cover bands there and both doing sort of equally well. Um, so um, I don't know if it's a generation thing, but that's a topic that comes up a lot with people on Cover Band Central um, about, you know, people coming out to shows. Um, so something I did want to talk about with you, especially because I think you can help a lot with this. Um, I posed a question a couple weeks ago on Cover Band Central, and I asked what the most, um, what are the biggest problems and challenges that you have as a musician playing in a band? You know, simple, open question, and I got um, over 200 responses. And then I went through them, and I, I made notes of what the most frequent uh, pervasive responses were. And um, so I want to throw these at you and see what you think about these and what sort of solutions can be offered to people. Um, and the, the biggest one, and the one I think that I could help the most with Cover Band Central is people talking about booking gigs. That's the biggest challenge, is booking gigs. And slash getting the right pay, the pay that they feel they deserve for it. Um, so I was thinking, I, like, who books for you guys? It's is it Steve? Uh, your, it's Steve and Jim. And Jim, they both like do. The book. They share it. Um, so, I, I, what I really would like to do for the benefit of this audience is to um, get. Well, I, not to cut you off, but let me also say that you know, if the lead comes in through Shuli or Kel, uh -huh. you know, they have also brought gigs. You know, okay. maybe not as many, but right. Everyone's always on the lookout for gigs. You know, you have to be, but primarily. You know, Jim will um, solicit a lot of the clubs because he's on the road a lot driving, so he has an opportunity to stop into places. And then uh, Steve and I will deal with stuff through the website traffic and also through a bunch of different clubs or venues that we have or people that we know or repeat, you know, callers. Like if 
you know, if I booked a gig with somebody two years ago, they're going to call me back and say, hey, remember the gig I booked with you? And, you know, and Steve has the same thing. You know, if they booked it through him, he'll get the repeat business as well. Right. Or cold calls that come in through the website. But no agency, you know, but. Right. So um, I, I was thinking that a really good service for this audience would be to interview a bunch of people that do this and do it well. Um and get their input and get their advice and, and their knowledge um, in, a, in a collection so I can offer this to the people that have this issue. Um, you know, the, all the best tips for booking, um, all the best things to know, all the best ways to go about it, um, and how to get the, the most money for, you know, your service. Um, so that's something I'm going to put together, and I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to write it and sell it as an ebook. Um, I, I, three years uh, this past Saturday, by the way, uh, Caravan Central, uh, I started three years ago on June 3rd, and um, I... Uh, Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Um, nice. It's for all of us. Um, so I think, um, but I haven't made any income from this, and I've put a lot of work into it. So I think uh, I need to start uh, monetizing it a little bit. So I want to put together sort of an ebook and... Uh, Hopefully, people will be willing to pay for that, and it won't be expensive, um, but it'll be worth it for the content, I think, because that seems to be the biggest issue for everybody is is about booking. Booking, how do you book shows? How do you book more shows? Uh, where are the best places to play? Who do you talk to? How do you negotiate the right pay? You know, things like that. Um, so I want to talk to people who have who do it and who have done it well. So, uh, what do you think Great. about that? Yeah, I think that that's a challenge, and I think that the price point dependent on what it is that you're booking, whether it's a bar or a club or a private party or a wedding, you know. But I think you know it's always going to be if you're trying to get. It's not only you know, so you find the right club, right? So you 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 find the place you want to play. You don't know anybody. You don't have any in there, so you're going to kind of cold approach the guy. So, like to your point, you have to sell it. You know, on sell him on that. Um, you know, have your calendar with you because one thing that is always a challenge with trying to book, especially at a bar, is that oh, you know, Pete's the guy that books the band, and he's only here on Tuesdays. You know, and then if you call, he doesn't have his book. And then if you call back, maybe he has his book or you don't have your book. But it's always a challenge to get the guy narrowed down with, with you know, to talk about the dates. Yeah. So you always want to have your book there. And if the guy's there and has his book, be like, let's, you know, let's book it right now. And, you, you know, there's a little bit of personality involved in selling the band, right? And you have to be confident about selling the band. And the first thing the guy's going to, depending on the place, he's either going to ask you, how many people do you think you're going to bring? Mm -hmm. Right. So he's going to want you to promote the gig as well. Um, you know, and then there's places that will have a built-in crowd no matter what. And those are the harder places to get into, right? Because they really don't need the band there. And if they do have a band, they want a good band. Um, and then, like you said, then the price point conversation starts. Some places will pay flat rates. Some places will pay a little more if you'd have a better night. Some places, you know, it's all dependent on what the pay, what the place pays, right? Because we all know that it can be a, a slamming night with a packed house or it can be a slow night with not that many people there depending on the night if it's raining right time of year people down the shore you're in north jersey i mean it's to be expected
down the shore, it's going to be packed, you know, the entire season everywhere down there. So the bands that are playing there are going to play the packed houses all night, and it's really not about bringing people. At that point, it's about what the place is willing to pay the band because every band wants to play there. So they're not going to be paying thousands of dollars for a band, you know, when there's a line out the door. Right. Unless a certain band that they really want to have there or the band that has a following or it's a shore band like Big Orange Cone was for a while, you know. Right. And then you, you, you build up the following and then the people are going to pay to see you. Yeah, it's a lot of work. You have to prove yourself before you get to that level. You have to, uh, you already have to have a following um, and have to have a buzz about you in your local scene. Uh, you know, location, it's everything, man. And, and I think when I read some of these comments from people, sometimes I don't know where they're from. And I, I could look into it deeper and find out where they're from. Um, but, you know, reading 200 comments and doing that is a lot of time <laughs> that I don't have. Um, but, um, you know, if you know if you're in an area where there's only a couple places to play, and you know that's all you got, then you have to work with what you got and do the best you can. Um, and sometimes it, you're not going to make a lot of money. Um, but this but can... to that end, Steve, if you play the same place, you know, once a month, let's say, or every other week, you know, you get a standing gig and you're not making a lot of money, but you're there, you know, and you and you can start to build a following that way too. And then you can branch out from there once you have people that know now, oh, you're playing over there, too. And then they'll come see you over there. Yeah. And, you know, I I think an important thing and something that I've done uh, throughout my whole music career is um, I don't I won't turn down a gig um, if I don't already have a gig. Um, I'll at least give it a shot. Like I did a lot of work and I, I, I guess in the last you know, 15 or 20 years as a freelance player where I would just get hired for, uh, for subs or, or for steady gigs, but I was just kind of a, a hired gun. Um, and I would never turn down a gig if I didn't have one already. Um, and, uh, sometimes you're, you know, I, there was a gig I played in Jersey. It was, uh, around the same time I was playing with, with you, I think it was, uh, every Thursday in in uh, Bayonne, New Jersey, and it was just this bar. You know, it was a bar. I was leaning up against a, a pinball machine, and there was a, a, a pool table right in front of me, like two feet in front of me. And, I, you know, it was a tight thing, a three piece band, and just a bar, you know. With Is that people. Slim's? It, no, it was uh, called Big Apple. Oh. Um, and, um, you know, no stage, just. You know, you're right next to the kitchen. You're right next to the bathroom, um, and yeah. but people would come there every week because they knew we were there and we were fun. Um, our singer, his name was Mark Burns, a really good entertainer, very entertaining guy, um, and good singer. And he and he wasn't a great guitar player, but he just he picked up a guitar and he just started teaching himself how to play guitar because he really had the the the, uh, the juice to get out there and play, and. Uh, and he, you know, he got progressively better. I played in that band for two years every Thursday. Um, and um, it was just a fun gig. And we had a steady crowd. And, you know, not a huge amount of people because it was just a bar. but Bar slash restaurant, I should say. Um, uh, but they would come back every week. And it was, you know, I made 100 bucks, I think. But for a Thursday night, and I had a regular job at the time. So for a Thursday night, going to jam with my friends, make 100 bucks, get free drinks. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. No, 
So, so you never want to worry about settling for any sort of gig that you feel like you're above it. Um, you know, if you want to play, go play, you know, and, and don't worry about things like that. Don't worry about um, not getting enough money or, or how you're going to find other things. Because if you just keep doing it, you will find other things. You'll meet other people and you, you it'll lead you to something else. Um, if you're out there playing, having fun, and you're doing a good job, it, it's always going to lead to something. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many stories came out of, you know, out of gigs I did and people I met at those gigs, you know, that turned into become friends of mine for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. our story is, is that too, yeah. you know, I subbed for your band and, uh, we became friends and, and I ended up joining your band for a while. Yeah. Yep. So. That's how it works. You know, like I said, you got to put yourself out there. You got to be doing it. You got to be in it. And then, you know, you attract that and things start to happen. Yeah, so that I mean, there's a lot of tips to give people about booking. Um, <clears throat> you know, being organized, like you said, having your book ready, having your calendar organized, um, and a lot persistence. Being persistent, yeah, being out there, just get out there and meet people and and hype your band or hype your thing, whatever it is you do. Talk about it, be proud of it. Um, you know, a, a lot of people, um, when I pose that question, we're talking about club owners not responding to emails. Um, so go to the club then go there when the person's there and talk to them. Um, I had a, a, we have off July 4th weekend here. Um, uh, so I'm not playing that weekend. And, and we were thinking about taking the band and playing somewhere outside of the French quarter. And that would be a whole different thing for us because we don't have to promote our gig. We have built in crowd. Um, so this would be, a, a, an instance where we would have to bring people. Um, so I talked to this, I met this uh, guy uh, about a month ago. He came to, he was at the swamp and he got up and played bass and he was really good. He turned out to be a club owner. I think I told you about him. He was, uh, he's the one yes. that got the Behringer. Um, yep. So I was talking to my drummer and saying, uh, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I should call him and ask him if he has anything for that weekend already. Or, uh, so I emailed him and I asked him and he didn't get back to me. And then two days later I went to this party, uh, which was last last weekend was it and he was there so i was like oh yeah i sent you an email and I, here was my ideas and stuff and he told me you know basically that you know that you you'll need to bring a lot of people and i you know i don't know if i can pay you as much as you guys are worth um so um it's still sort of uh it it could happen um and jason feels like we could bring a lot of people, so it might still happen. So, but the the point of the whole thing was that I talked to him in person, and it was just a chance meeting. But the fact that I was out there, um, at, at a party where other musicians and industry people were, I just happened to run into him. So being out there and meeting people face to face is sometimes better. You have better luck than uh, just sending an email. Yeah, no doubt. And be prepared, you know, like if you do, you know, to, to make the deal on the spot and be able to speak about it and negotiate it. And, you know, something you got to keep in mind is for some of these, um, like dance band, you know, like you're, you're starting, right? And you're coming out and you, you're going to have a handful of first gigs that, you know, a lot of your friends are going to want to come out to see and friends and family and people. And, you know, you're going to bring people, you know, so that's a, a, a real strong selling point, you know, for a cold 
approach to a bar to you know to sell them on that to say listen man you know you don't know anything about us and that but we're, we've only played out like a couple of times and we had a lot of people coming you know right and you're going to deliver a lot of people right because in the beginning tons of people are going to come to see because they're interested in it before you have that following established you're going to have your core following so to speak you know peoples and friends and brothers and cousins and whoever's around that's going to come see the band and you're going to bring a lot of people early on you know for sure right and the key is to try to get some of those people back, try to get some of those people to tell other people. And that's always inevitably going to happen uh, when when people go out. You know, they'll they'll invite other friends like, hey, you got to come see my friend's band. Uh, and there, there'll be, uh, you know, hot girls there. Come on. <laughs> you know, so other, pe- other people will come out and int- be introduced to you for the first time. Um, so you want to win over those people. And uh, and that's how you build your following. Um you, sometimes you got to start very slow, um, but sometimes, like you said, right out of the gate, you're going to have some people there, and you're going to do well. So you got to keep, just keep, keep on, keeping on. Yeah, and you know what goes a long way too. Like, let's say, you know, you do have a really slow night, and you didn't have a ton of people that came. You know, it's a, it's always a good conversation to have to say, you know to negotiate with the guy on the downside and say, Hey, listen, you know, we didn't have a great night tonight. Um, you know, what do you think is fair? Right. That's happened. Yeah. Give him some bread back, you know, in good faith. Yeah. That's happened. I've done that. It hurts. It hurts. It's hard to do. Every gig cannot be slamming. You know, we hope that they all are and most are, but there's, you know, there's going to be a handful of ones where, like I said, for whatever reason, you just didn't have a good a good night with a lot of people, you know? Right. And it depends on the size of the place. You know, you could play a huge place and, you know, 50 people looks like nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, size of the venue, the way it's set up. Right. That makes a big difference. You know, um, the bar I was just talking about was just primarily made up of bar, you know, so it was uh, not a lot of space for people to hang out. So you had... 50 people in that place it was packed you know it was jam packed right uh, um so that's all it took really for that but you know it's all you know it's all kind of the same too but when you're looking at it from the musician point of view there's not much difference to me than from playing where i have a pool table right in front of me to i'm um, playing to uh you know five six hundred people in new orleans on a weekend night um the feeling is the same it's i'm still playing my instrument i'm still doing what i need to do um and and that's it it doesn't there's not a whole lot of difference you know there's more energy i guess when when you have a lot more people and they're all responding but you're still doing the same things you're still still you Oh yeah, you're still playing with the same passion and commitment, you know, no doubt, and and doing what it is that we do. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, the higher energy, the more people. Yeah. You know, although I've played, I have, I can remember playing uh, to a smaller crowd of very, very high energy people that were engaged, and it was, it was slamming. You know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you could play an outdoor party with your friends and it have just be tremendous amount of energy because everybody's having a good time and they all love you and you love them and 
And, uh, and so, to your point, too, if you play in a place and let's say you only had 25 people there and, you know, and it was it didn't look like a lot of people, you might get groups of people then who are really engaged and you're having conversations with them from the stage and they're calling out, you know, requests and you're having people come up on stage and it becomes more of like an intimate setting, you know? Yeah. I've had like that, too, where it's still a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like my gig last night, those guys that were there all night, those 10, 12 guys from Jersey, right. to them, they were just at a backyard party. And to us, it felt that, that way because uh, they had the funnel, they're doing the limbo, and they're just they're having – and during the course of the night, at times, the room was jam-packed. Um, and like I said, we played later than most of the bands that were around us, so we did we did really well. But it was those guys that really kind of held it all together all night and right. di- dictated the feeling in the room and the feeling of, of the entire night for us. It's a very, very interactive experience. Like you said before, um, you know, you, you're, you're one with the audience. They're one with you. Um, and to the, to the extent that we had them on stage where they were singing along. So it's, it's all about the fun and the party and having, having a good time. And I think that's why people get work and, and bands do well is because they have fun. I remember, you know, you talked about uh, dog voices before and when they were voices, um, when the cover band scene first was really starting to happen um, in the early 90s. Um, th- those guys were just, they. I loved going to, there would be a line out the door to go see those guys. And yeah. it was so much fun. And they were great musicians and they were, a couple of them were friends of mine like Richie, uh, the the guitar player I had known since I was a teenager, and uh, the other guys I met along the way, um, but they were just so much fun. <laughs> they just had a blast. They got drunk. They were hanging from the the ceiling, uh, and they involved the crowd. They, t- they yeah. it, it was it was a party. It was a party that they threw that everybody w- were, were invited to, and they were a part of. That was uh, that inspired me big time, man, to get into this whole cover band thing. Well, that's it. You hit the nail on the head. You know, is what I said earlier. It's a party, and you're the center of it, right? Yeah. So if you're having fun and you're throwing it and you're getting wild, the place is going to follow right behind you. And once you get that reputation and you deliver that type of experience, you know, people are, are definitely going to flock to to want to be part of it. Yeah, and those guys were the first guys I saw that I knew that were actually able to make a living playing covers they were playing five nights a week yeah yeah and they were you know they had to travel but uh they were started to make good money and they were packing rooms incredible um and that you know a lot of other bands were born from that that whole thing um and i think it's can still be done it's got to be able to be done well, and just as the scene has, a, you know, scenes have evolved so much, you know, uh, such as the approach to now the modern day scene, right? I mean, the methods are still always going to be the same, but the approach and the tact is going to have to be adapted, you know, to the modern day challenges that, that were maybe weren't there or were presented differently, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, man. And, I, you know, I've talked about this before and it's... Um I really wish you were on Facebook um, <laughs> so you could experience this the way I'm experiencing it. But but I think you get the idea of it anyway. Um, 
I, people, I really think people need to embrace social media, the digital age, live streaming, all of it. Embrace it. Use it to your advantage um, as much as you can. It's not hard. It's not, it doesn't take a lot of time, and it's free. Um, there's no reason that you shouldn't be doing it. I was just watching before you called. I was watching this thing called Year Million on Nat Geo, and they're talking about virtual, virtual reality um, in the future. And it got me thinking about music and how people are going to uh, experience live music in the future. They're going to do it in VR. Um, and that's if, you're, if you don't embrace technology now, then you're going to be behind that whole thing happening. Um, you know, the, we're talking about the evolution of things, and that's part of it. The digital age is here. It's, it's a real thing, and it's something that you can use to help your career. And uh, it's not the way things were. It's the way things are. So, you know, accept right. it. Like that's adapting, right, to that platform and, and the new resources and getting on top of change before change is on top of you. You know, because like you, to your point, you got to catch up with it and utilize it because it's a tremendous resource, uh, you know, that's available. Yeah, tremendous, man. You can reach so many people. Like uh, we talked about John Monaco, who, by the way, uh, the reason I wanted to do this tonight is because John Monica is going to be here in New Orleans tomorrow. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, he's he's coming down with his wife for um, he's going to uh, he's going to Baton Rouge for for something and uh, stopping in Na Nashville along the way. He's driving to Nashville and then driving here. So uh, I'm going to take him out on the town and uh, get up and jam with some places uh, at some places. And uh, I think he's going to be here two nights. So uh, I'm not playing tomorrow night but wednesday night i am so he'll probably get up and jam with us um cool. but he's somebody that has completely embraced technology has completely embraced the facebook live he was doing videos of his shows before there was the facebook live he was recording them and then uploading the whole show or 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 chopping them up into songs um now he just always does a facebook live every single time he performs and so he's on top of this and that's that's taken him to where he has fans all over the world now who are trying to pay for him to travel to their land and perform. So that's Come just, to my land. Yes. So that's just one example of how um, a technology can assist you in your musical endeavors. Don't ignore it. It's here. It's not going anywhere. Yes, you must embrace. Yes. So... Um, some of the other challenges, I'm just going to read some of these to you, that, uh, that people said often. I have a whole list of it, them here. And some of the funny, well, it's not going to be funny to you, but about five or six people said the challenges was the drummer, LOL. Uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> Listen, it's, it, it's challenging, right, in many aspects. I mean, it's it's hard being, you know, the most talented guy in the band sometimes, and people have to get, get over it. Yeah, you oversee everything. You sit on a throne. You can. That's, why, that's right. That's why it's called a throne, my yes. friend. It's not called a drum seat or a stool or a chair. It's a throne. Sit on a throne and you oversee no, all. Inside, right? And you'll know it, too. Drummer, as much as everyone jokes about it, can make or break uh, your experience and the enjoyability of the band on a whole, right? Because... 
One drummer plays on top of the beat. One guy plays way back behind the beat. One guy plays tons of fills. One guy doesn't play really many any fills. You know, one guy has kind of sleepy feel to him. One guy's super high energy. You know, one guy plays super loud. That guy really doesn't play with much emotion. It's all over the place, right? So you can, you know, I had a, one of my first drum teachers, Sonny Igo, uh, the great big band drummer, who my father uh, had studied with, and then he, he got me to take lessons with him. He said you could have a great band with a mediocre drummer and the band will sound good. He said, you can have a good band with a great drummer and the band's going to sound great. And he said, it's not, you know, an ego thing. It's just a fact of the nature that of the influence that drums and the drummer can have on the entire energy of the band. Yes, absolutely. But I can laugh and agree at that drummers are pain in the ass sometimes too. <laughs> Yeah, they can be. I've heard, I've heard that. <laughs> Not you, my friend, but... So. No, I've heard it. I, I'm, a, I'm one of the biggest pains in the ass. No, Are you not. kidding me? Not to me, you All right, so um, another big one that people uh, said, uh, people are sort of in our age group, uh, you know, mid-30s to early 50s, and are married and have children, and their issue, um, that's one of the reasons for this issue, but a lot of people just said simply that it's hard to get people, everybody together to rehearse. Um, so what are some uh, possible solutions for that? That's always a challenge, you know? I mean, part of it is pick some low-hanging fruit, you know, some easier songs, learn them at home, and then when you can rehearse, at least you have an agenda to run through. You know I mean? To be organized and and have a list or even a running list of things to work on um, and keeping everybody in check, you know, over the course. Let's say you're not going to rehearse for the next two weeks. You could say, well, here's you know, five things or seven things we're going to work on and run point with everyone, you know, in a weekly reminder of touching base like on Thursday. Hey, don't forget we have practice next Wednesday. You know, we're going over this stuff. Have a good weekend. Make sure everyone touches on it. And then when you get to rehearsal, at least everyone's prepared. Now, if you're starting off and it's not really maintenance or learning new songs, but you're trying to actually get something together, then yes, that's more difficult where it requires, you know, a stronger regimen of practice at least once a week, every week, you know, to get a, keep forward traction on a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, that commitment is, is a tough thing and the time is, is hard, but like anything else, if you commit to doing it, and you say, we're going to do it every week on this night from this time to that time. Um, you know, you'll find a way to get it done. Right. Yeah, this, this comes up a lot where, uh, where people talk about that. And, uh, and people talk about the difference between practice and rehearsal. Practice is learning your, your, on your instrument, learning the song. Rehearsal is everybody coming in and knowing their parts and doing them all together. Uh, people have mentioned that, too, in, in these problems, challenges where... Musicians show up to rehearsal and they don't know their parts. Yeah, that's that's a pet peeve of mine, and we won't go into that right this instance because that'll be a whole episode talking about that. But I will say that you know there was a time when I can remember being in the band and we used to rehearse at nine o'clock on Saturday mornings, much to everyone's chagrin, nine to twelve every Saturday because that was the only time that everyone's schedule aligned and they were available to do it. And right. we all committed to doing it, however hungover or, you know, challenging it was to get everyone together in the room. We all committed to doing it, and we did, and we were on time, and it was 
Now, there's the other thing about respecting each other's time, you know. If we say we're going to start at 9, it doesn't mean roll up a quarter to 10, right? We'd be here at 9 because we're going to start at 9. Right. And we did. And we did it for a while. And we got a lot accomplished. Right. That's good. Yeah, if if every if you can get everybody to commit to something like that and be responsible enough to come in, know their parts, and show up on time, then there you go. You're going to make progress. Um, so yeah, that's something you figure out on a case by case basis, I guess. How to yeah. how to how to uh, how to do it, and um, you know, a lot of people talk about the problems and challenges, or or with one person in particular that is more difficult than than the others, and uh, you know. Uh, there's a debate over how to handle that situation too. Do you try to uh, uh, coddle this person, or do you make a change? You know, and that's it's always firing the drummer. It's always a sticky situation. <laughs> Fire, well, firing the drummer. Kids keep firing drummers after drummer. You know, <laughs> yeah. like Spinal Tap, they're just blowing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but you're right. It also, depends on what you want to get out of it, right? What your goal is. Like you said, if you're, you know, if you have a mission and you have a goal then you can dissect it and figure out what you need to do to get there. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, I, and that would be the answer for a lot of these. And I'd really like to get into all these. And I didn't, I didn't really prepare properly for this because we should have just kicked off with this. Cause there's really a lot of conversations to talk about with all these, uh, challenges that people came up with. Um, and a lot of, uh, advice that we could give, or at least, you know, talk about it and try to come um, up with something that makes sense. Um, but we're, we're, uh, we're coming close to an hour, so I don't want to get too far into this. So I'll say we'll continue this next week. We'll continue this list because it's, there's some good stuff on here, but I do, do definitely intend on writing something and interviewing people that are, uh, that are already in working bands that are booking bands and finding out, getting some really good tips for you guys out there, um, to help you with this because that's the most pervasive issue that came up when I asked that question is bookings and getting the proper pay. So, uh, yeah. so, uh, I got your back. We got your back. Everybody. Uh, well, it up. cause, uh, I, we're both doing the same thing. Uh, you know, me and you, uh, we're gigging musicians. That's what we do. Um, and we have done it for a long time. So, and that's really the purpose of this whole platform, right? It's just to share some of our experiences that we've had to try to help others. And, you know, people who have shared in our same journeys can get a chuckle out of it and maybe reminisce and bring them back to some memories that they had as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to help. Yeah. Whether that help be, like you said, a, a good laugh or a trip down memory lane or maybe some pertinent information that you can use to help you f move forward in what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that was a very good sum up there, Tony, of, of what we do. Thank you. Summation. Nice. Our first sound effect. My little Mission Impossible sound effect. That was pretty good. Um, so uh, what you got uh, coming up? Anything? I got nothing coming up in the immediate future. <laughs> okay. I got rehearsal coming up. Well, that's something. And I got a gig coming up um, the weekend after Father's Day. So between now and then, I have a little downtime. Good. I saw, a pic cool. I saw a picture of uh, Kel, Steve, and Jim in tuxes. Looked like a post-wedding gig. <laughs> yeah. And they look all banged up, right? Yeah, they look banged up. It's funny. <laughs> That's a good picture. That's yeah. funny. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, and this week for me, uh, yeah, hanging with John Monica uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, uh, maybe just Wednesday, oh, too. I something. I'm sorry not to cut you off. Go ahead. I'm going to the Iron Maiden uh, Wednesday oh, night. Yes. Up that, the that Irons. Is, that's exciting. That's awesome. Uh, where, where are they yeah. playing? They're playing at the Prudential Center. And uh, I'm heading over there with uh, Steve and his brother Joe Bergamini and his son Nicholas. Awesome. Made it. <sighs> so we can, you can tell us all about that show next week. Yeah. Sure. I'll plenty to report back. Awesome. All right, my friend. There it is. Here in exactly an hour here. Caravan Central Wisdom Hour number nine is in the books. Facebook.com slash Caravan Central. Wiseandharmers.com. Thewiseandharmers.com. Yes. Until next week, my friend. Adios, ghost. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.